Previously on AFTN. We are wishing uh, fond farewell to uh, Martin F- Geiger. Fond? Oh, I just wanted Fond to might be a strong word. Is that an acronym? <laughs> <laughs> like pro. Fond. Yeah. Uh, F- I can get the first two letters. I can't F do off. It. Yeah. <laughs> Numpty dickhead. Hello once again and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show on 101.9 FM CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful and very busy British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pender. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And we will have a packed two-hour show for you this week. Lots of Whitecaps chat. We'll also be hearing from the latest Whitecaps signing, Derek Cornelius. We're going to be talking MLS. We're going to be talking football chants. And we're going to be talking Canadian Premier League and a lot more beside. We'll have some fun music. Band of the Month, Madness are back as well with another song. But I think we have to start with our Christmas present update. (laughs) Steve, your present still has not arrived. No. (laughs) It's on its way. It left Chicago on Wednesday. I don't know where it is now because the tracking stopped. No. But it left Chicago on Wednesday, so That's I'm good. hoping by next Sunday you will have your chocolate treat. When I uh, when I ordered my uh, nephew's uh, present from North Carolina, it actually went through like I think seven states. It was in, and then at the end it was in Washington, went down to Oregon, and then came up to Blaine. It's weird. Um, can I give uh, an update as well? Yes. So this week I I, I got a phone call. Whenever whenever oh, whenever I get a phone call, <laughs> whenever I get a phone call and I see Steve or Mike um, or you, Michael, uh, I get excited because it's always like some breaking news oh, or something you. going on. I'm like, oh, this is sweet. And it was like I forget when it was, but it was a total time of day. I wasn't. I think I was getting ready for youth or something or like work and. Uh, and yeah, definitely got, add work to, yeah, got, to sorry, that sentence. Sorry, I work with students. Uh, and then I got, I got this, uh, Steve's calling. I'm like, sweet. And then so Steve's on the phone. He's like, I got some bad news. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? What's going on? Has Michael died? <laughs> I'm just like, wait, what's going on? He's just like, I already have that one. And I'm like, what's he talking about at first in my mind? Oh, the, the gift, gift that you got last week. week. I, so, was, I was informed by my kids that we already have it. Yeah. So oh. he's like, I got home and my kids said, Dad, we already have this. Wow. You're not a good 
gift giving. So round three. Oh, <laughs> I thought we've got no presents this week, but we do. Okay, I so was speaking to someone this week about one of the rumours. I went, we talked about that on Sunday. Did you not listen to our show? It's like, I thought you just talked about Christmas presents. <laughs> so this is another legendary pack. Oh, okay. And we'll see which one it is. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. We definitely don't have this because this is, I think, one of the newest ones. Oh, I thought yeah. because nobody it's likes it's, Ant-Man. It's one of the 2018 ones. Yeah. Oh, so it has Ant- Ant-Man, Wasp, Ultron is in there. Yeah, the number of their friends. Yeah. I have actually got Steve a bootleg version of that for his Christmas present. <laughs> it's called Uncle Lady. <laughs> you can enjoy it, Emily. I still don't think you're going to have what I've got you, and I think you're going to love it. Okay. The other big news that's happened, East Fife are through at the last 16 of the Scottish Cup, knocking out Greenock Morton, a division above them, and they've got a home draw against Partick Thistle, who are a struggling team. So what round are they in? We are now into the fifth round. It's confusing because they've changed it because they've added you, more did non-league you say teams. round of 16? Round of 16, yes. So you're saying in the cup, East Fife is in the top 16 teams in your nation? Yes. Soon to be the top eight, I believe. <laughs> Who are you playing? Partick Thistle in the next round. Oh, mm. that's that's the third Glaswegian side, right? Yes. It's also yeah. Steve Clare's team, so I'll get a bit of banter with him. It's my buddy Sean. That's his. That's a, they used to have a fanzine back in the day because it was a football chant that they had called Worse Than East Fife. And we're going to be talking about football chants in, in part three, so you won't want to miss that. But let's start things off with some Whitecaps chat. And we've actually got so much Whitecaps chat that the first two parts of our show are actually going to be Vancouver Whitecaps this week. Who would have funk it? Not on, not like Thursday where I was wondering what we're going to yes. talk about. I called you. We go, what yeah. are we going to talk about? Then it just exploded. Kinda. Most of it's rumours and speculation, but we'll get to that. The big thing is, training camp gets underway tomorrow. So depending on when you're listening to this, Monday the 21st is when training camp starts. It's media day. They're not officially on the pitch until Tuesday. So they're doing all the medical testing and and all that stuff. I know, because you were going to go along tomorrow. I was going to say, do you know they're not actually on the pitch till Tuesday? That's exciting. Yeah, because to be nice and dry tomorrow, Tuesday it's to rain. (laughs) Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But but you still get to chat to the other people. Yeah, we'll yeah, get to yeah. talk to them. I'll do most of my chats later in the week so we can get more one-on-ones yeah. and not in all the scrums that everyone will see before we do anything with it. It's still quite a slow build, though, for MDS. He did tell Extra Time Radio this week in a really good 10-minute chat they had. If you haven't listened to that, check that out on the MLSsoccer.com. Or did, sure. did they bash him before he came on? This, this time, no. They oh. seem to love Mark DeSantos. Yeah, I stopped. I, I don't listen to that podcast. Oh, no, they, they think he is the most interesting man in MLS. Which, to be fair, that's, that's a low bar. <laughs> I think it's because he's been touched by the hand of Bob Bradley. Probably and that's is, actually. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably why they... That is actually what it's probably going to be. But the show is rubbish. But I only listened to those 10 minutes of the podcast, oh, yeah. I, I do have to say. He had a good quote, though, when he was getting asked about your team, you don't have one, what's happening? And he said, we know exactly where we are going, you guys are not seeing, you're in the living room smelling something, you don't know exactly what's baking, we know, we know because we are cooking it, we know exactly what type of players we want for different positions. So... It's a nice metaphor. I, yeah. like the, I like the metaphor. His quotes are fantastic. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that. Uh, see, with only, the two things that maybe it is probably would have sounded smarter coming out of his mouth too. Right? I, I, we want to do it in a French accent. No, no, no. no, 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 no. no. Well, you'll know exactly what you are baking. I'm not uh, trying to be critical for critical sake. The, the only two things you could say about, and I, I love actually, I love the quote, but um, I think people 
what people are smelling is is like they I think they don't think it's an, enough to feed them. <laughs> Is a, is a little bit of the problem. Yeah. And the second... Right, right now, we're, it's like a scene from Oliver, is what you're seeing. <laughs> and basically, the fans are there going, please, Mark, we want more. Sure. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, the wording of we know exactly what type of players we want in different positions, it, it, I mean, I, it doesn't. it's not as confidence-filling as... We know the players we're bringing in. Yes, but 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 because we have we, again, nothing's wrong with it. But. Yeah, we have seen that in the past, yeah. and you don't always get what you want. I can testify to that. Steve, I mean, Steve's an example of Christmas gifts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he never gets what he wants. No, you're well with my gift, Steve. <laughs> Trust me, it's okay. So, but but but, but I do appreciate the uh, I do appreciate the the type of metaphor he used, and yeah, I love his. Yeah. I love his not the same old. wording of stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very different. We're not going to speculate too much on what trialists and invitees might be at training camp because by the time folk listen to this, the list will be out. That's what we're going to do at the break, right? Yeah. Okay. Part two, we will speculate on some transfer rumours though. But heading into this training camp, what are your big questions? For me, I've got three things I'm looking to get answered. What additional signings will be coming and when? How is our Mark DeSantos training session going to look compared to Robo? I feel it's going to be a lot tougher because various folks that have worked with him have told me he's a tough taskmaster. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. But I don't think maybe he does, not does, a preseason. pre-season yeah, right off the, the bat, season yeah. gets on, and the goalkeeping battle is going to be a very interesting one in this preseason. You have to feel Zach McMath is the starting keeper just now, but I do feel Max Cripo is really going to push him in preseason. Oh, I think McMath gets it uh, the nod right now because he's been in the league for a while. Even though it's uh, he hasn't had that many starts, but he's been in the league. He knows tendencies of other teams. It'll be easier for him to catch up. Cripple obviously is at the USL level. Saw most of that opposition. Yeah, keeper of the year last year. Yeah, right? so I think you're right. Lo- logic says it, this is McMath's job to lose. I, although I, yeah. though I do agree with you, Michael, that it is a battle because I don't think I I don't think Mark DeSantos is going to be afraid of saying, oh, he, you know, uh, Maxime is outperforming is, is is the best performer in training, or he has this attribute uh, you know they're evil in, in many attributes but there's this one attribute let's say let's say the ball at his feet where he's better for what we're doing and so we're going to go with him I, I don't see him well that's the key because that's how he wants to play totally. we, he's told us we've speculated but yeah and there's lots of rumors about what possible players are, are maybe coming in we'll come to that as i said in the next part the white caps though do officially have one new player 21-year-old left-footed centre-back, signed on a free from Serbian club FK Javor Envajica. A two-and-two deal, which means two years signed, two-year option. It's also known as MLS Classic. Has three senior national team caps, all of which were were clean sheets as well. Two of them with Daniel Henry. He, He looks like a really good addition. He first grabbed the spotlight in the Toulon tournament. He, he knows a lot about the younger Canadian Caps guys because in that team was Davey Norman, Michael Baldissimo and Theo Bear. And Noah Verhoeven. Yeah. Derek Keneally seems like a, a really good sign for the Whitecaps. Steve got a, a chance to, to chat to him today in his hotel room. So let's bring you Steve, that now. I was I was at home. <laughs> <laughs> it was over the phone. <laughs> yeah, you're shattering the illusion. Here's Derek Cornelius. <laughs> I can't do that. I'm a Derek. Derek, don't run. Five years ago, you made a, a pretty big move with your family to Germany. How difficult was that transition going from like um, Ontario to like a serious football country in Germany? It was, it was a pretty big uh, 
uh, transition, but uh, I knew going into it, like, uh, it wouldn't be easy. But uh, I had my end goal in mind. Uh, I knew what I wanted to do, and uh, and I knew that I had to make a sacrifice and uh, in order to try and play at the highest level. And, um, yeah, I think it was a... It was a positive step for me in my in my life and my career, and yeah, I think I learned a lot from my from my time in Germany and overseas. Obviously, one of the biggest things, uh, the biggest moves you made while in Germany was your transition to go from striker to a, a central defender. I think that was only a couple of years ago. Yeah. Was was there any aspects of being becoming a defender that came naturally, and and where is like an opportunity for you to keep improving in that position? Um, well, actually, I began uh, playing soccer as a, as a defender, so it was almost like I began a defender, and then throughout my youth uh, playing career, uh, I made the made the transition to to striker, and then again when I went to Germany, um, my coach, I guess he saw something there, and we were we were going through a period we had a lot of injuries in our in our back line, and uh, my coach asked me if I could if I could just fill in for for the game, and I, I said yeah, sure, you know, I, I'm there for for what the team needs and uh played that game and played well and yeah the coach just just went with that and built from from there once you like because you were playing as a defender in a younger it kind of came more naturally than if somebody was a striker all their career right yeah exactly because like um as i said when i was really really young i started off as a as a defender and uh then made the transition to striker and then back to, to to defender so i've been around from the from the position block Mark DeSantos has said that he likes aggressive and athletic uh, uh, central defenders that like to get up the field. Is that something that kind of fits your style of play is? And do you think that would be a good fit for the Whitecaps? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I always consider myself an aggressive uh, center back, but um, comfortable on the ball. I like to play out from the back, try and find the, the best pass that, that can start off our attacks. And um, yeah, just overall try and try and help the team to to win games, whether whether that means um, yeah defensively starting off attacks or or in general anything that we can do um, to get more to get more wins. The last two seasons you played in Serbia, was there like a major transition there to go from Germany to Serbia, or was it kind of easy because you were already in Europe for years, or like what was the difference between playing in Germany and going moving to Serbia? It wasn't as big of a difference moving from uh, North America to Europe because uh, I was still staying within Europe. But um, again, um, I learned a little bit of German. So then when I when I went to Serbia, it's like I had to start all over on, in, in that uh, aspect. But um, yeah, I mean, there's always a, I had a good group of guys around me in, in Serbia that helped me adapt. And uh, first few months, I had to, to wait it out to, to get my minutes. And then uh, from the starting of the 20s, 2017 season, um, I got some minutes in, and, and once I became a regular in the team, then, then it helped me to, to adapt to, to life over there um, more comfortably. See, now you're moving, making a big, uh, another big move back to North America and to Canada. What were some of the big selling points in, in making the move to Canada and the MLS? It was a few things. Um, I, I had a few camps with uh, with the national team guys, um, the, the the group from Vancouver. I met some guys that are playing on the both on the first team and the and the youth teams. Um, 
and they all seem like really good guys. They, they spoke with some of the guys. They told me it's a it's a great place to play my football. They got they have good fan support. They got good training facilities. They have good staff. Um, and yeah, and then uh, when I heard in the off season that there was interest from Vancouver, I was I was pushing my my agent to to get the deal done because uh, it sounded like a great place to to play football in and to develop as a player. So you were talking about there that you know you played with current caps at the at the Toulon tournament itself, the y- younger players, and then uh, some with the national team as well. Uh, how important is that? Like knowing some of the guys that into fitting in with a new club. Uh, I think I think it's uh, very important because um, you you can uh, you can feel more comfortable in the team a lot quicker when you when you already know some of the guys um, coming in. Uh, I've had a few talks with uh, Rusty with uh, Daniel. And, and yeah, they told me um, it's a great, great place to play, and uh, looking forward to the season. Uh, they've helped me uh, kind of settle in the first few days, and, and just let me know what to, what to expect, what to expect moving forward. Spoke about Danielle there. You started a couple games with them at, with Canada. How do you feel you guys complement each other on the pitch, and do you think it's going to be a pretty good transition if you guys are able to start together? Uh, I think it'd, it'd be good. Um, Playing, I felt uh, I felt good playing beside him in uh, in the two games we we started together against uh, USVI and then against uh, St Kitts. Um, yeah, he's he's a center back that I, I like his style of play. I like um, a lot of his uh, qualities is what I try and try and bring to my own game. Yeah, and also he's a he's a good guy off the pitch as well, which helps. Um, which helps the chemistry, which helps playing together once we do get on the pitch because we have a, we have a good relationship off the pitch as well. You've represented Canada at a number of uh, youth international levels, but you know this last year, not, not a lot of people uh, knew of you because of the fact that you were in Germany at such a young age and then, and then Serbia. This year you went from the Toulon tournament right to the national team. What, kind, what, what are some of the things that made it easy for you to make that you know, progression from uh, at, at the youth level to, uh, to the national team and starting for the national team in the qualifying matches? I think, I think the, biggest, the biggest factor in that was, the, was John Herdman and, and the staff behind him um, because he, from, from the beginning, he put a lot of um, trust in, in younger players and, and myself included. And uh, yeah, really just, just pushed us to, to reach our, our max and, and to, to keep pushing to get to the next level. And um, he's brought a good uh, a good um, atmosphere within the team, and in bringing a brotherhood to uh, to Canada and getting us all to to merge as one and to and to really go out there and play for the guy beside you. You haven't hit the training pitch with uh, Mark DeSantos yet, but in talking to him, do you see any similarities uh, with uh, himself and John Herdman in the style and in the way they set up the team? We haven't gone into too much details about um, about uh, like. Uh, style of play and, and so on but uh, just speaking to him as a person he seems like a, a guy that's really straightforward a guy that uh, will tell you what it is you know and um, he sounds like he has the same belief like uh, similar to John and in, in younger players and if you're if you can play at the level then it sounds like he's willing to give you give you the opportunity and uh, as a player I think you can't ask for anything else than than not the national team you know clearly that the 2022 world cup uh, qualification is the main priority but how much is like you know in the future the 2026 world cup being hosted co-hosted by canada like a motivation for yourself and other young players in in keep improving and, and being on that team and representing your country that's that's uh still in most of the back of my minds 
uh, the 2026, but right now I think uh, the full team, the full staff, everyone's focused on uh, 2022 and we're trying not to, to get too much going thinking about the one after because uh, we want to fully commit and fully focus to, to making it to 2022 and then to just build on that in uh, 2026 in that to World Cup at home. But right now I think uh, I think everyone's mindset is, uh, is to get to the 2022 World Cup. You've been in Europe for about five years, and I'm assuming you came back for you know f- family visits and everything. But is there anything you're looking forward to uh, being back in Canada and North America on a, like a daily basis, whether it's on the pitch or off the pitch? Uh, I think uh, I think I, uh, soccer is is growing in in Canada, and that it feels good to be to be a part of it, playing here in uh, in Canada because uh, I think a few years ago the popularity of the sport wasn't wasn't as it is today. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to the fans of, of Vancouver and to play in front of them. I heard a lot about uh, the different sections of the, of the groups there. They got the, the Southsiders, the Curva Collective, the Rain City. I don't know too much about it, but I've heard about them. So, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to, to, to get back onto home soil and to, to play in front, of, uh, in front of an amazing city. So uh, thanks a lot, Derek. Uh, good luck in the year going forward, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you very much. That is Derek Cornelius there chatting to Steve earlier today. Sounds like a really nice guy. Well, yeah, sorry, he was, yeah, it was really pleasant to talk to you. Um, he's looking forward to also uh, coming back and now we can watch basketball. He's a big basketball fan. Oh. Um, so he can watch uh, the NBA and not have to stay up till 2 o'clock to watch it. Where do you see him fitting in to the team? Do you see him as a starter beside Henry right now? Do you see him as the number three? For me, it's uh, at, at this point, uh, he, at this point, if you look at just what the depth chart is, he's a starter. Well, yeah. But if they need to, I, I think he slots in really at a number three spot initially um, because he hasn't played that much um, in in the Serbia this past year. Um, and I, I think Henry starts. I kind of think, you know, we talked about it during the middle of the week when we were kind of hearing about this, that maybe Henry plays the uh, next six months and maybe he moves on to Germany, oh, well, Germany, Europe, uh, because he has been looking to make a move back there. So maybe he stays for six months and then Cornelius takes over in the summer uh, as a starter. Uh, one quick question, because uh, I thought I misread or read something maybe wrong. But his Serbian club, were they in the top division the both years he was there? Or no, was just, just the first year. Yeah, so they dropped down, right? Yeah. They, yeah. Dropped, they got relegated. Right, yeah. And then okay. a new coach came but in and he kind of lost his, his starting yeah. role a little bit. Which, yeah, so he's from a club that got relegated from the top Serbian division into the second Serbian division, which is not super encouraging. But, uh, yeah, I like that he's Canadian. I think, for me, one of the biggest things I'm excited about is he's uh, a left-footed center back who seems to be able to play the ball well with his feet. And so I think that's exactly what Mark DeSantos wants. And I think he will he could thrive with 4-3-4 for Mark DeSantos or 3-4-3 or 3-5-2. Sorry, yeah, 3-5-2 um, because DeSantos has talked about the, wanting to play in those kind of ways. And you need, and it's very helpful when at least one of your center backs is left-footed to play them on the left side or as the yeah. center one, depending on the, the makeup of and the rest of them. It's interesting to see that he's, he was, uh, like he said in the interview, he was a defender. 
moved to striker, and, and then yeah. when he went to Germany, he moved back to defend, uh, yeah. defend, and he stayed there now. Well, Kendall Kendall Watson plays as a striker. Yeah, he. Um, I, I think I think I think you're right though, Steve. Most people have to be thinking that he is maybe the third if they have three center backs, yeah. or uh, or he, he might be the third choice because. People, are, I think most people are thinking there's going to be another very experienced kind of centre back. Yeah, I, I hope so because I, I think that would be a very very young back line. I feel you need the experience in there. For me, he's the third. Happy to have him as the third. He seems a really good prospect. But right now, him and Henry starting to me it seems a bit concerning. I know they've started for Canada. I know they've kept clean sheets. You look at the opposition in those games though as well. They weren't exactly tested a lot. Now I started a discussion on on Twitter about the, the danger of potentially signing too many many Canadian internationals. Not necessarily concerned about their quality, but simply by the fact, right now, we've got Daniel Henry, Marcel de Jong, Max Cripot, now Derek Cornelius, who are all part of the Canadian senior team set-up as the defence. They're going to be away for international games. They're going to be away for the Gold Cup. That's a lot of players to lose in one chunk And if you look at the Gold Cup, it's on this year from June 15th to July 7th. We have four games in that spell. One of them's away to Seattle. I just find that a bit of a concern. Yeah, it's a legitimate concern, again, especially based on this moment in the the shaping of this this squad. Uh, You hope that uh, by that time... The squad will be fuller and deeper, and so it won't be as much of a concern as I think it feels like it is right now. Yeah, right now it does seem scary. Yeah, of course, but uh, who knows? Maybe one of them doesn't make the team in the Gold Cup. Maybe there's other players. Remember, they got that uh, James kid that also is a center back and highly regarded. You got David Edgar trying to come back from injury. You got a whole bunch of other players. I mean, you're going to take four or five center backs anyway. On the plus side, it might mean we see more Canada matches at BC Place because it's going to be their home stadium, so Herdman's going to feel they'll kind of have a home field advantage. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be good. But anyway, we'll be back in the next part with some Whitecaps transfer rumours, and we have a tasty little tidbit that isn't out there, I don't think, so far, that we will share with you. Anyway, we'll be back after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. That was our Artists of the Month madness there, with the sun and the rain, which is what you get most days in Vancouver. It's like, you don't know, if you wait long enough, you're going to get the kind of weather you like. So we're going to continue the Whitecaps chat just now. And we're going to start off with a a little tidbit that I got fed tonight. We're talking about 
the Whitecaps Canadians uh, in part one. Well, it looks like we might have another joining the club. Are you excited? I'd never heard of the guy, <laughs> I've got to say. But we can exclusively reveal, possibly it might be out there, I, I haven't seen it, that Chilean-born Canadian international right-back Juan Cordova looks set to be heading to Vancouver if the Whitecaps can get the deal finalised. It's apparently very close. It's like a case of dotting the I's, reading all the small print, making sure that nothing's missed, all that kind of stuff. Don't want to do that. He's currently with the Chilean Primera Division side Huachapato. His father was born in Chile. He was born in Chile, but his father is a Canadian citizen, so he qualifies for that. He's been with the Chilean side since 2017, made 23 appearances, played in the Chilean second division before that with Union San Felipe. 57 appearances and one goal for them. He's played for the Chilean under-20 side from 2014, made five appearances for Chile, but he switched to Canada in 2017. He was part of an under-23 team that played in a, a tournament in Qatar, and then played in two senior friendlies in 2017, making his debut against Curaçao. Did Alfonso, was that the game he got sent off or he scored? Against Curaçao? Yeah. He didn't get sent off against Curaçao. Was it not Jamaica he got sent off in? Oh, yeah. This is a game in Montreal. I think he scored in this one. I don't know. So far, so long ago. Yeah. I can't remember these things. A move here is obviously going to bolster Cordova's kind of international aspirations. It looks like it's going to be a one-year loan with a purchase option at the end of it. From what I've been told, the Chilean club has agreed to it, so it's up to the Whitecaps now to, to get it done. Thoughts? Um, not I, Like I said, don't don't know too much about them, um, but it seems interesting that they are going for... Like, you, you almost get like a... You get a Canadian uh, national, but obviously he's applied most of his trade, the majority or all in South America, so it seems interesting how the mixture is going to work. And um, obviously, I think I, uh, the... You were saying that he's, it's it's almost done, or yeah, it, it, the Chilean clubs agreed to the White okay. Caps just have to sort. Is the contract status right. they probably have to sort out, or other stuff? I would think the contract status. Oh, okay, hopefully he doesn't get shackled. But he, you said he's a right back, right? He is. Yes. Okay. So, so backup, he's yeah. going to be like Jake Nerwinski's backup, yeah. and we need a backup right back. So in that sense, and he could eventually take over if Jake, you know. Moves on. Who pulls on Tim Parker and moves back to Yeah, I mean, Jake Nowinski is definitely a tradable or a saleable asset. So, I mean, that is something that could happen. For me, I mean, he'll battle Nerwinski, but it's Nerwinski's spot. Yeah. Was told, though, that if something happened that this fell through, don't like this, but Michael Petrasso could still be on the table as a possible deal. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. He's under contract with Montreal, right? Yeah, and there's rumours he's going over to England as well. So. Right. Which, I mean, he's played over... He's played over on the, those islands before. Oh, yeah, he was with Queen's Park Rangers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Cordova, I'll be Cord- honest, I'd never heard of the guy. Yeah, oh, I'm, when you said I'm just like, oh, hang on, when did he play for Canada? And then when you, and then when you said Curacao, I was like, okay, that, that yeah. rings a bell. But I, I think, who who's the coach at that time? It was... Uh, it was uh, Zambrano. Yeah, Zambrano. Yeah. He's the one that essentially brought him over. <clears throat> yeah, so that, and that also makes sense. Uh, you know, I don't judge a player until I've seen their YouTube yeah. highlights. So, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. I, I, uh, I, I thought that was how the modern world was, though. It is a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's why you got to have a good YouTube video. Yeah. Um, you need to get into the business of that. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's a death rate back signing. So it, it's, it needs to be done. I, I can't say too much about the quality of the guy without like yeah. seeing him. Or, and he's Canadian, so another domestic. That'll be, that's hopefully a positive, yeah. Now, the Twitterverse and the internet in general has been indicating the last couple of days that two new Whitecaps signings seem to be imminent and they're on their winging their way to Vancouver as we speak. First up, via Glass City today, a cheeky wee Brazilian. Glass City is a cheeky wee Brazilian. I, oh, maybe have, have we broke it? Have we broke his cover? <laughs> but it looks like we're getting a cheeky wee Brazilian who I'm sure will be waxing lyrical about uh, in months to come. Lucas Venuto, twenty-four years old, five foot four, right winger, closer to five foot five. He kind of have you measured him? You've been out with your your no, measurements no, according to his uh, the measurements on. Well, on everyone him. makes himself sound a bit bigger. <laughs> Steve. That was my whole dating profile. <laughs> Steve, are you an agent? No, are no. you his agent? I mean, no. I everywhere I've seen him, he's a, he's closer to five foot. He is five foot four, but plus. Well, it's like I, yeah. I say, I'm five eight and a half. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that half an inch can be really crucial. If Not you have right a look places. at him, though, he looks a little bit like Christian Teixeira. Not even just in height wise, but just he kind of had the same kind of face. I thought. Mm, I didn't see it. Ah. Maybe I'm just saying all South Americans look the same. I don't know. But he's 24 years old. He's a right winger. He spent the last three and a half seasons with Austria Vienna. He spent time in Germany. Are you a fan of right wingers that's been in Germany and, and Austria, Zach? <laughs> oh, Michael. <laughs> um, I mean, in, in in Vienna, I prefer rapid Vienna to... to, uh, to <laughs> But and obviously, uh, I think you told me he played for Dead Bull Leipzig, right? Yeah, he as a youth he was with Leipzig before they were. Well, he was with Red Bull uh, Brazil too. Yes, he was actually. Yeah, yeah. he can also play left wing and attack in mid, so very versatile. So he's like the second coming of Jordi Reina. Yeah, and funnily enough, he has played with Jordi Reina before. Um, Both of them were on loan with Austrian side Grudig, who I've never heard of, but they're both on loan with Grudig. The fee, according to Glass City, is expected to be around 300000 I'd expect him to be a TAM player salary-wise, I think. Unless they use um, some of the... Uh, if they <coughs> use the money to pay that fee, then whatever the salary is, that could be still underneath uh, the... True, yeah, it's all so common. So yeah. my understanding is, and this will be interesting to see what happens in the, the post-Alfonso Davies era, mm. my understanding is previously they've been very shy to use their quote-unquote, their own money, the owner's own money on transfers. And so they've used the GAM and TAM and whatever they could. I thought that was fake money. It It, it, it is, but it has a, it has value, yeah. right? And you can use it. That's why, like, people who came in, like, I don't know, like Teixeira or Rivero or whoever, those guys, their contracts, the the TAM was kind of a part of their salary cap yeah. hit, yeah. right? But that was, so when you saw their their amount, it wasn't what they were getting paid, it was no. their cap hit. No, exactly, yeah. So so it'll be interesting to see if this this is different. Yeah, if, if, see, they could use GAM or TAM to pay the 300000 fee, and then his salary could be four hundred, and he wouldn't be a TAM player at that right. point. Can they also use some of the other, uh, the other money just for the transfer fee? So if they can only, remember, they can only use so much as GAM or TAM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can they use the, some of those other millions on just, we are the club paying the transfer fee? I would think so. But then that would be part of a cap charge if they use the other money. We need to get uh, an actual capologist as part of the site. Get, some, get someone, get Tommy Sohn on the phone. 
You still got his number, Steve? No, I don't. Never had it. Does anyone have Greg Anderson's number? Let's get him on the phone just now. <laughs> if we put a hot dog outside Anyways, the studio, sorry, maybe we'll tell someone shows it, up. That'll just be, it'll be interesting to see, well, it'll be interesting if we ever get to know what the, the reality of that is, but $300,000 does not, in the modern world of football, does no. not sound And remember, like we are just basing that on, on what Glass City On some tweeted. speculation, yeah. yeah. But... Venuto has started 20, 51, sorry, started 51 of 68 Bundesliga appearances for Vienna, scored 12 goals and 11 assists. So I like the production. So many times in the past we've brought in attacking players and you've looked at their production and you're like, like Bernie Bini was a good example. You look at a player like that and you're like, why have we gone for this player? Where did he just go? He just went to the Kaylee. Kale- oh, he which went I was... to UAE and now he's going to Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, going to yeah. mention that later oh, on. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. He's... He's also, like, he's played at a good level. He made 13 appearances in the Europa League, 11 of them starts with Vienna. No goals, sir, but he's been a bit out of favour. His last match was November 24th, and he's only got one goal this year. But, I mean, hopefully, new surroundings and new challenges, it brings him back to his best. He's still young. I'm excited. This looks a really good prospect and a really good addition. Out of favour, too, could mean that he they, asked, they offered him a contract, he didn't want to sign it, and so he didn't play. Hmm. Similar to another we uh, player that we had yep. last year that didn't want to sign or or was told that he's not going to be signed right. and then he didn't want to play. Yeah, because yeah. you look to see when his contract was due to. It, it's expire. basically 2019 hmm. June. Uh, so this in six months. So, so clubs in that case like that are keen to get shot of players. Either they're not going to resign yes. or the player said I'm not resigning. Yeah, I like that he's played with Reina before as well because we've talked before. What is Jordi Reina's future here? A lot of his buddies have gone. Does he want to still be around his team? Put players that he know? Well, keep he still him has at least one buddy here. For now. We might come to that. But it looks like Venuto will be joined by another right winger. 26-year-old from Guinea. He's been with La Liga side Rio Vallecano since 2011. And before that, he was with their B team as well. All but two of those years were in the top flight. He also won Segunda Division with them last year. They are currently third bottom, though, of La Liga. Still not with a chance of staying up, but struggling a little bit. So maybe they're looking for some new additions as well. He has spent three half seasons, though, out on loan. So he seems to start with the team. And then uh, towards the end of the season, they kind of put him on loan to someone else. Two of those were in Spain with Granada and Almeria. But he also went to, to France with... Rems. Oh, that was from the... Wasn't that from our quiz? Yeah. yeah. Who, I had to Google how you pronounced it, and it was like, Rems, as if you're revving a car for some weird reason, according to YouTube. And how many times has he played for his national team? Depends <laughs> what site you look at. Between 25 and 33. These could be bizarre friendlies like Canada's had over the yeah. years and closed doors and stuff. I mean, it's Guinea. I don't know how, how closely folk can track all these, these matches that, that they play. But he's played in African Nations Cup qualifiers and he'll obviously be a player that would be going away on international duty and stuff as well. But he does seem a little bit, though, out of favour at Rio. He's only played one match all year there and that was in the Copa del Rey, which was only 16 minutes as well as a sub. He was in the squad for the first La Liga game of the season and hasn't even featured in the squad since. Nine goals and 14 assists for Rio and 152 appearances overall. Six of those goals and 12 of those assists coming in La Liga. So he has performed at a top level. Thoughts on him? Uh, yeah, uh, one, one thing I'll mention, obviously, I saw a little bit on both of them. They seem to be guys that like attack. And I think um, uh, Venuto seems like a guy that attacks the box more. 
and makes runs down the pitch. He, uh, um, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Um, the Ghanaian guy. Yeah. Balalunga. The guy from Guinea? Yeah. Um, uh, he, um, he basically, uh, he, he more stays on the wide side, but he, but he, he he's a good passer. Uh, Manuel Verth, uh, uh, a friend of the show, um, tweeted out that he's a guy that's it's good, good speed, runs the channels, good passer, but he's kind of his own worst enemy. He kind of gets upset quite a bit at himself or whoever is, uh, is around. So we'll see if he's uh, um, being able to control that when he's with the White So Lass and Venuto. Yeah, both wingers. Uh, both of these these could turn turn out to be exciting, you know, uh, quick quick wingers. Some of the numbers that, that you mentioned for both of them aren't like super, you know, necessarily exciting for for uh, for for a winger. You like to see probably some more production from there, but like again, not knowing, not having seen a lot of them, uh, it, it, it seems these seems like these, these, there's potential with these signs. Yeah. The the one thing I'll, I just realized we never actually mentioned the, yeah, the, the guy's last. name. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I saw, I saw it's Lassie, um something. Uh, I have it right here. It's Bengora. Well, I say Benogora. It's like I was reading my notes, and I was yeah. like, I don't know how many. I've been looking at so many players today. I don't even mention the yeah. guy's name. That's what lasts. Yeah, folk, last. folk are like, what are you talking about? But but again, the one thing about about all the signings so far in this off season is they seem like almost um, none of them are. None of them. I would say none of them are bad right now. Like none of them are like, oh, this is terrible or whatever. But none of them are kind of of. Not a, again. I'm not talking the astronomical. Mm-hmm. crazy out there things that some people are expecting, but none of them seem to be the, the difference makers that a lot of people are waiting for. And I yeah, know... He, can, wh- he might still be adding your bench card. I think Venuto's got more most chance out of these guys that yeah. we've talked about so yeah. far. And that there's been another guy mentioned as well, a Tunisian guy. Well, I just want to say one thing. But, uh, but, oh, God, how do you spell it? Uh, Bengora. Um, it sounds like he might be alone as well. Um, I think that was uh, one of one of the articles that came out that it possibly will be another. Oh, yeah, I, so I did, I did read that one. Yeah. So he could he could it's be safe. here till he yeah. could be here till June and then goes back. And, to and, and to be honest, that's smart. Yes. You, you know, you might run. But you know, for a fact, the cats will then get criticised. It's like, they, why are you getting loans and not spending the well, money? Well, let's see I what think, they do with the rest of yeah, the squad. Because the thing is, I, the one thing I want to mention is on Twitter, there's a lot of people saying, "Why aren't they getting people here? Why are they waiting till the summer?" The reason why you wait till the summer is you have a way bigger yeah. um, uh, pool, yeah. pool of players. A lot of people will be out of contract, and you'll be able to ha- like have a better choice of what's available. Yes, as long as you're still in the mix by we, that point. We, yeah. We've talked about this in the past. If the European window in January is a seller's market. Right, like you, you have to overpay. Oh yeah, you, sorry, you the usually well, have to overpay. Yeah. Like in Europe, folk are looking to add players to win promotion or to win cups or championships or save, so, stave off relegation. Yeah. yeah, so because of that, prices are higher. Yeah, I mean the the Tunisian centre back that's been linked as well is Jasser Kemeri. Kemeri, yeah, that sounds right. Again, doesn't grab you as like. An exciting guy. No, but, but this, this is because we have never heard of these no, people. No, I think this is similar. Not to say they're bad players. This is could be similar level to what uh, Derek Cornelius would be at. Mm. Um, we don't know like how good he is because obviously he's playing in the Tunisian top. He is playing in the top flight league. Is this the guy you were talking about? His transfer value before on the break? Yeah, like we, I looked at transfer market. For example, uh, Venuto is transfer market value is nine hundred thousand uh, pounds. Um, I think uh, Bolarga was. Uh, Seven hundred, 
Right. And this kid's 600 right. at age 21. And to give people a comparison, give people a comparison from previous caps. I think you mentioned Well, Kendall Waston yeah. is listed at 750, but Kendall Waston's a little older. Yeah. So his value goes down. This guy's got potential, so yeah. his is up. Yeah. And and for example, um, Venuto's top market value was uh, last year at 2 million. And um, the other guy, the uh, Bologa, I'm going to keep his probably say his name differently every time. Let's just call him Lasse. Lasse. Las. Oh, Lasse? Oh, I don't know. I'm assuming it's kind of a French country, oh. uh, French uh, influence. Oh, Lasse um, is what he goes by, so let's just call him Lasse. Yeah. Um, in, uh, he, he, his uh, was like five years ago, it was four million. Right. Wow. So, so the, he's like unfulfilled potential with that guy. So again, none none of these feel like difference makers, but no. we know not. Basically, it's been out there. It's they put it out there. DeSantis has said this. Maybe one difference maker in this window. Maybe one or two yeah. in in July. I I would expect we make a splash on a striker, and I think it will be a a name. I think it'll be someone that people recognize. One name or two. Well. <laughs> I th- See, I think they make a splash. They go for two DPs, a number 10, and you've got Venuto as a backup and Jordi Reyna as a backup. Have Reyna maybe playing false nine, winger, whatever, and you make a big splash on a, a, a proper goal scorer with a track record. I'm just going to throw this name out there. It's not a name that I've been hearing. I just A player like Scott Sinclair, who's currently with Celtic, He's been in and out the team. We've he's talked in, about on the yeah, show previously. He's yeah. in it just now because Lee Griffiths has got some mental health issues. Right. So, but he's a guy that scores. And I'd love a guy like that here. And Celtic's just gobbling up all these American players. So yes, some of them probably would have come, made, come over and yeah, check Bea, out the States. George Bea's son made his debut for yeah. Celtic yesterday. Yeah, he, you know what? He is the kind of, like, when you, I, I don't know if we talked about this when, we read, read, when you originally mentioned his name, but... He is the kind of that is the kind of guy you you think and you're like yeah he could be a Bradley White Phillips, you know like he could come you know he's had some success over over you know on the British Isles in his, in the league, different places yep. he's played England and Scotland he, and he could come over here and kill it. So you rate Scott Sinclair higher than Gary Hooper? Oh, hundred percent. Well, isn't Gary Hooper's quite a bit older? No. Someone was speaking to the Caps about Gary Hooper and they were like, I don't know where that came from. That's complete nonsense. That's just agent talk. Never. Never part of anything. No, well, the thing is... Agent talk? Agent, sorry. Agent talk. Agent. Like, what are you talking about? The, the, the thing is, maybe he's in negotiation with DC United. Yeah. And then the, you, you the agent sees... The agent yeah. notices that Vancouver needs a striker too, so yeah. they, he goes, oh, well, let's get Gary Hooper in there. Well, I mean, right yeah. now, we, we're bare on strikers, one of them being Theo Bear, <laughs> nice. and the, the other one being Anthony Blondell. And again, from what I'm hearing, I'm not sure. We've talked about Anthony Blondell... If he is here at first kick, I will be stunned. For months, we've said he needs to go out and loan. They're not going to just get rid of him because they've paid a big transfer fee for him. They need to see him produce. They need to see what he can do. And like last year, as you said, he was a bit shackled here and he wasn't able to to do stuff. His development was arrested, essentially. Definitely. And I think you need to put him somewhere. And there's going to be interest in him. He did what he did in Venezuela. Maybe he hasn't done great things here. But he can go somewhere and, and do stuff. So if you move him on, you've got Theo Bear. So you need to bring in a few strikers. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. You, you, they broke even with Arturo Rivero, right? No, they did. no they made a profit. They made oh, a they profit. made a profit. There yeah. you go. So Which was put into the business side of operations. Oh. <laughs> Translate that for us. What does that mean? It didn't go on players. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, 
yeah, they, I mean, even with Anthony Blanell, you, I would think they need to bring in two, well, definitely one striker, but more ideally two. If he goes, absolutely two. Yeah. Great opportunity for Theo Bear, though. Yeah. But didn't you also say he, he's played a bunch on the wing, or Steve said he played a bunch on the wing? Theo Bear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah he's, but he's more he, a winger. Yeah. yeah. In the development, but the, uh, no, in the residency, he also played striker yeah. quite a bit. He played both, but... Towards it's, the tail end of his residency it, career, he was out in the wing. I know, but the the the, the coaches uh, are seeing him as a striker. Right. Okay. That's what, I couldn't remember. You said one of the others. No. Well, let's move on to the, the final bit of the section and talk about some young Canadians, because Theo Bear is part of the Whitecaps under twenty three development team as well as being an MLS player. I think he's right now needed more in the MLS at this point. Mm. <laughs> I think right now he could be our starter. <laughs> but Whitecaps made a good appointment this week. Nick Dazovich joined the coaching staff to lead that under-23 team as head coach. A lot of experience at national team level, MLS level. He's played overseas. He's played here, former Whitecaps player. He'll teach them a lot. His last coaching gig was as assistant coach at SFU last year. He's got a USL Pro license. It's a big addition, I, I feel. You happy with that appointment? It's uh, it seems weird a little bit because because I think Pete Shad tweeted out that like he'll miss doing commentary with him. So this this means he's not going to be doing still available. So he's not going to be doing commentary. It seems weird to give that up for this position. But it shows how passionate he is then about this position. Yeah, but he's showed he's passionate by being an SFU. Like this position, which we've kind of talked about in the past, as this team is like a weird. It's it's it, they don't have a, they're not playing in a league. There's yeah. not you know it's, well there's, it's it's it's, 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 it's in its infancy right now, and so it's I think it's still developing. Uh, the the team itself, the idea of it is developing uh, along with the players. I, but, but a team without a league is it, like that's yeah. It's, it's that's you're a not big you're not hole. getting fully competitive yeah. games. Marty Santos told us that he wants them to play twenty five to thirty games a year. Won't be in a set league. Yeah, at least this year, I could see him pushing to change that next year whether that is the new USL tier 3 league USL 1 right now the Caps would consider that but only if there's more Western teams in it because right now there's not Yeah, MLS could set up their own reserve league once again they're already having the U19s it looks like they're all going to leave the USSDA and have an MLS U19 league the 17s and under will still be in USSDA PDL is another option as well Get a nice rival for the Highlanders and, and TSS as well, although greatly sapping the player pool. Then in that case, yeah, hey, the, the USL thing doesn't feel a fit based on what has happened with the Ottawa Fury and from a from a being sanctioned by the CSA kind of perspective. Mm. But yeah, that the, maybe could be an a, interesting one. That's another conversation. Yeah. No, but the time. thing is, if the, the if if the CPL doesn't want them, then they they should have an option to play somewhere else. Yeah, I mean the CPL can't say we don't want MLS two teams here, and they're not. Allow them to go and play somewhere. Yeah, but then the CSA could also say, you're the one, you had it, you got rid of it. But you also don't know what agreement they had is. We're getting rid of it for now. We plan to bring it back a little bit in the future. We want to keep our options. We're just, we're just speculating. Yeah, right but now. that's, that's but, but no, but people, listening to the people who made those decisions, they, hmm. there was no plan to bring it, because we, without question oh, was asked. Yeah. But, but, and back to Nick Dasevich. I, I really like Nick Dasevich. He's a, Quality, quality fellow. I'm happy for him. Yeah, he has uh, been a big part of football in Canada for many years. We're he, also going to have him on next week's show as well. So. Perfect. But he, uh, 
he is a, a guy who got named over and over again as I talk to and listen to supporters from around the country about the CPL. Uh, but I know that the, there's a, obviously an attachment for him here in Vancouver. And so this is an opportunity to continue coaching. And yeah, I wish, wish him the best and uh, hope this is, for lack of a better term, a, a stepping stone to something else in the future where yeah. there would be a more a fuller league set up for him. Last thing in this section, just talking about one of the players in this development squad, one of the goalkeepers, Chaturu Odunzi. He's the Whitecaps under-17 residency goalkeeper, or academy goalkeeper as I should call it now. He's heading off to Leicester City for a two-week trial. He's a US youth international, but he can potentially switch to Canada down the line when citizenship, residency and all that. He's very highly rated by both the Caps and the US. We have said that about goalkeepers here before and they kind of disappear without a trace or without maybe fulfilling their potential or getting a chance. But I mean, that's another great selling point for the Whitecaps. You sell Alphonse Davies, you get these players trials, even if it doesn't come to anything, it bodes well for the future. Yeah, he. I think he was born in London. And also he in the past, he has trialed with other teams like uh, Chelsea, uh, West Ham. Yay, the Amars. And Cardiff. So the, he's, he's trialed before... Uh, I, I think this will probably be a two-week stint or something yeah, like that, most likely. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be back after this. Hi, guys. This is Felipe. Thanks for listening. AFTN. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, the only football show on Vancouver Radio. That was Spandau Ballet there. Now, is that a band that we're known here? Or is this another uh, mysterious I'm, I'm UK wrong band? Person to ask, Steve? No. Okay. <laughs> that was Chant Number One, is the name of the song. And I thought, very apt, because we're going to talk about football chants in this section. We talked a little bit about some football chants last time, so it would split up all the, the football chat with some football chants. So, excuse me a second while I get my dicks out. Dicks out one, dicks out two. You should have had a zipper uh, sound effect for that. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for not. Yeah. These are two books from the UK. By Larry Bulmer and Rob Merrills. I think you can probably still get them. It's books of football chants from all over the UK. Dicks Out, which was the original, uh, is the best one to get because I contributed to that. It's got lots of East Fife chants in it. Your name's in there? Yeah. Michael McCall. Yep. We're hailed as like geniuses, basically. It's is your Cowden Cal- Cal- Beath songs? Yep, they're all in there. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about football chants in this section. Maybe I'll get to sing my. Charlie Adams' no, sister's no, pants no, song. Okay, I was going to tag you. I found a video of that on YouTube. Yeah, I was no, going to tag you. Please, please. That's ah, okay. no, no need. Your explanation was in full. What makes a good football chant then for you? Singability. Memorability as well. Memorability. Easy Memorable. to remember. 
uh, less words. So I, I, obviously, we have differing perspectives. We have on this. very different perspectives. I, on this. I, I mean, I like I like stuff where there are elements to it, like uh, you know, clapping at certain times or bouncing at certain times, or uh, you know, where your su- your support is also visual in, in what you're in what you're doing. Um, so yeah, I I like that. I, I and that's not to say I don't like the spontaneous, you know, humorous stuff that you know, especially used to happen lots at, at Swangard uh, back in the day. I just one of the things I, I think because I was you know reading some of the stuff you sent us, Mike, just about chance or whatever. Uh, like it, a lot of it, this is cultural, right? And so one of the, one yeah. of the, one of the problems, in, not problems, one of the things about football in Canada uh, and North America uh, or Canada and the states, anyways is that we are not like singing cultures, right? Like singing is not a huge part of culture, right? And and singing at sports is also not a huge a huge yeah. part of culture. So it's so different in when you're in the UK and that's just like a part of the culture. And so people are always so many people I've heard from who are from the UK or have been there or watch games from there on TV or whatever are like, why doesn't it just happen like that at BC Place or at stadiums in Canada where the crowd just all of a sudden sings something? Well, it it doesn't happen because these. This is my opinion, and feel free to disagree or whatever at me if you will. But it's because th- there isn't that culture. Number one and two. Here it's like everyone. Everyone. There's like this individualism to it where everyone thinks that they're what they want to sing is the most funny or the witty or whatever. Uh, or should be sung in that moment. And so you have so many different things happening at one time where, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, Michael, in the UK, there's almost like this, whatever has the biggest groundswell just overtakes everyone and everyone shuts yeah. up and goes with it. Yep. So there's this, there's a bit of a- Yeah, you're kind of fighting and you're battling. Yeah, yeah. whereas there it's a little bit more of like, uh, the the collective is more important than, oh, I got a funny, I got a funnier way to to communicate this. It's everyone singing this already, I'll join in kind of thing. Also um, swearing- is more frowned upon here, I think, than it is back back in my old country, where every second word is usually a swear word. Right. Well, if uh, the thing is, if you're not expecting people to sing, then you're not expecting to sing swear words. That, gets a, that digs it to another level. Yeah. No, but you're you're right. And, and, but it's not just the people in the stands. It's in some ways not more so, but. It, to, in a in a different way, it's the league and the teams don't want you swearing because it impacts their sponsorship yes. agreements or yeah, connections or that, sellability. That's or, something like American TV. You can shoot as many people in the head in a TV show, but <laughs> if you dare say a bad word, it's like outrage. That I just find baffling. Or show nudity. Yeah, it's like absolutely baffling. But there's all the violence and no one, they just accept that. Five, six, seven o'clock at night, but utter one little cuss word. Yeah. Crazy. The, the differences in the cultures, right? So, yeah, for me, my what do I like? I like, I like, I, I like the songs that are longer and go on, you know, that are the build and, and there's, you know, crescendos and, you know, kind of, yeah. I, I, I like that. But I, I, I don't, I, I don't like the ones that go on too long. Yeah. No, no, that's okay. Yeah, I like, and I, Move on to the next thing. There you go. Um, but I'm, that does, but because I like that, it doesn't mean I'm opposed to like, the the humorous in the moment witty thing, uh, but for me sometimes I'm not I wouldn't want to stop what's happening just to do that you know what I mean sometimes sometimes sure it just happens but if I've had to weigh the two the the former is more my preference I mean for me I like my football chants like I like my sex short to the point bit of swearing in there move on to the next thing I I agree I I'm more of uh, 
like the shorter one too. Like when there's too many words, I I lose track and because uh, I'm watching the game at the same time, I do want to watch the game. Didn't you come up with like eight verses to? I yeah, also to the tonight that. song. That's what I <laughs> he wants to watch the game as well. He doesn't want flags in his road. I was I was <laughs> in India when I wrote that, so I was oh. like kind of bored a little bit. So you know, um, it was uh, but, great. Um, I think I, I think I, I was. It was like two in the morning when I was writing it, and you were it was you like, were in what? India, right? Yeah, I was yeah, in yeah. India. I was on a trip for that one. Um, but I do my, my well, some of my favorite ones have been uh, like my, still today to this day one of my favorite ones is when we were told by security not to say you fat bastard at a PDL oh, game. Yes. So we had to come up with different chances. We like sour cream, uh, bacon filled uh, donuts or something like that. Like it was we, so weird because I don't know if it was because the because the goalkeeper was chunky. Someone complained. So, yeah. No, yeah, no, he complained. He, he complained asked that they the, were. It was hurting his feelings. Yeah. Something. So, so the security guard came up to us and said, "Don't yell, at you fat bastard!" anymore. And so we came, basically came up with uh, horrible junk food instead to chant every time we kicked the ball. Which, which is is kind of you. You can't let <laughs> if you're a player, you can't let anyone know the crowd is getting to you. Like that's like letting them know they've achieved their goal. They're, I don't know. I was, I was like that Romania sort of, goalkeeper. He never let on that it, anything was bothering him. No. Even though we, we he, he went we home and cried. Yeah. Well, Swan, Swanger back in the day when one of the goals was to distract and annoy the keeper, the best guys were the guys who at the end of the game would turn and just clap and like be like, you know, what's the little guy from Richmond Kickers, Ronnie – Ronnie Pas- Pascal, I forget his name, but there was a couple guys yeah. who just there at the end well, they would turn well, around and th- give a th- smile. The worst thing you can do as a player is to show it gets yes. to you. Oh yeah, because for, for the PDL it was great because there's some of the guys would do research on the players and find out their GPA yes. or, or their oh Devin 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 would show up that. every game with the yeah. keeper's phone yeah. number and they would just chant his phone number at him. Different times, Steve. Yeah, different different times. times. Uh, also, the how did Porchop get his name? Were you at that game? Yes, I was at the game. He, w- I came late to that, but I was at that game. Someone shouted out something because he was a bit chunky as well that oh. he liked a pork chop. He took it as a racial slur. Yeah, yeah. a racial yeah. what? I was a Hispanic guy that shouted it at him as well. Yeah. Anyway, that, one, one that really Chilean threw guys. him off. That game. Well, we we oh, we got on them so bad. That was yeah. the four 0 the Sam uh-huh. Kubi. <laughs> yeah, like that, was that. Like, that was that was a reserve game. Seattle Whitecaps that, that was, out in Langley. That was when Birch was saying that it's not spelled like that. It's spelled oh, yeah. like the tree or it's something. It's like not that. the tree. Yeah. <laughs> You, you just don't react. And it's then the we worst were, thing you can do. But we, so, we were saying, we were saying, uh, who's the goalkeeper? Uh, Henneman or was the really old yes, guy? Yes, it was Baldwin. And, and, and we were saying Adekubi's oh, uh, uh-huh. younger than some of Henneman's sperm. And, uh, <laughs> See, so, so, so the other too. thing that, that, that worked works for that for me is also the size of the crowd, right? When you think back to Swangard, there was you know two to four hundred people on a, on like those big nights. But often it was like one one to two hundred people, and so to me, when it's smaller like that, then that the more witty in the moment stuff is is way easier than when you're in a stand with behind the goal at BC Place and there's a tunnel and there's you know three thousand people split up by a tunnel and whatever. Like it's it's harder to yeah. it's harder for that witty thought that goes into your mind that you're like oh I want to I want to make fun of you know Heinemann for being old or whatever. Going back to like fat goalkeepers and fat bastards, but one of the tweets we got was from Laura B at Clark Girl SFE. She said she doesn't have a favourite chant, it's more of a favourite reaction, which was the first time her mum heard you fat bastard at a Caps game. It was just hilarious because, again, folk aren't used to that. Yeah, I've got a video up on, I think it's on my AFTN Scotland YouTube channel, UK YouTube channel, from a Wimbledon match where the goalkeeper looked really fat. So they were singing a song to the, like, any pie will do. It's like, he likes his pies. 
Chicken and mushroom, oh, with lots of gravy, oh, any pie will do. This went on for about five minutes. They just listed all these different pies. I got home and Googled the guy. Turns out he isn't fat. He's a bodybuilder. He's actually, like, really muscly. It's a, he was just, was like, the, shaking was, his head at them. It was the shirt maybe made me look yeah. Really, uh, so sometimes they backfire. There, there was a Man City uh, backup goalkeeper who they did the, the song that's no longer, I think, chanted. Um, uh, I can't remember what it was, but it it, did, it wasn't a really good chant. It was really off, uh, not PC. Uh, so basically, uh, but when he heard it, he actually started smiling and laughing along with it. So he, like it was it was directed towards him. That, that would happen every so often at Swanger. Yeah. That was... A couple of good tweets we got, and one from Andy M at Swamp on Twitter. He said, for him, chants get points for humour, responsiveness to in-game events, which I do feel is a bit lacking here. It's very choreographed, a lot of the chants, some of the things. Use of, non, use of non-standard tunes. Non-standard? Non-standard. <laughs> Swearing. He gets points for that as well. He says the best songs are the ones that aren't on any song sheet. And one of, one of your chums, Chris Harrop, he says, for him, good chants need to have energy, an upbeat tune, easily sung and chanted, nothing too complicated. That's the thing here as well. If you're not used to chants here, we sometimes maybe do make them a bit complicated and then folk just don't join in. And an ability to be repeated several times without losing its energy and something that sends tingles down your spine when everyone is singing it. Like, like Steve's Tonight song. I mean, that, that is a really good example of that. That sends tingles down your spine, Michael. I I really like that. We had a we had a few apart from our cow and beast songs that I've talked about before at East Five. Our big one was a tune to a Scottish traditional song, "I Love a Lassie," which was actually covered by a Dutch thrash metal band called Slugger. I need to play that in wavelength. A week where we've got an expletive ridden is show. It, is it about football? Maybe after first kick. No. <laughs> It's about, I'm joking. I don't care if you play it. It's about a girl, Mary from Methyl Hill. She's legs like a spider. Okay, we'll wait for it. Okay. Don't spoil too much. I actually played that song at my wedding. And the second time it was played, my dad walked out of the wedding reception. Well, I was going to ask you, were you trying this to... This is not a wedding. Were you trying to clear the room? That's I was why? DJing no. at my own wedding. So I stuck that one for the second time. And all, all my East Fife chums were loving it and singing along. But yeah, that we need to get that in wavelength. What, what was? Can you describe the look on Caitlin's face? Oh, she just goes with anything I say. Oh, okay. Bit like Colin Elms when I, I do my all my stuff with TSS. So I asked people for some of their favourite chants. Um, my first wife, my first podcast wife, <laughs> Pierce Lang. Um, he's Pierce Lang underscore TV. I think that means television, but I'm not 100% sure. On Twitter. His three favourite Whitecaps ones. Number three is Boundary Road. Two more and I could have played the Flash Five. Number two is Dig a Hole and Effing Bury Him, which I think I introduced at Portland and then you guys have cleaned it up a bit. And number one, Build a Bonfire, which everyone does now, so it kind of loses a, a little bit. Everyone does? It seems that everyone does Build Outside a Bonfire. Outside of Cascadia? Yeah. Really? Like I've, heard, I've heard that too. I've heard it all really? over MLS, again, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. John Humphrey said his number one is the Taurus song from LFC, which I Liverpool, Liverpool yeah. which I didn't have a chance to look up. Days of the Week, which is something to do with Vernon, 
And loyal is that one of your songs? Yeah, loyal to I the thought caps. It was. Yeah, yeah, I think the I, I, I'm not sure. Days a week. There's you know the eight days a week the Beatles song. I'm not sure if it's that. Oh, um, but it's from a trip to Vernon with his buddies from uh, uh, his club okay. LWO, which I believe is in his Twitter handle. From the Black Hole podcast, they said their favorite spontaneous live chant might have been from Daniel's Quizato when Canada were playing New Zealand, and he started to chant, "New Zealand is full of sheep." at the Women's World Cup in 2015 in Edmonton. Squiz replied to that saying that was about the only interesting thing that happened. <laughs> and he also, someone else then said, people thought they were saying New Zealand is full of shit, and then that's how the chant developed into that. So, always a lot of fun. From Aways, HFX, who is our new Halifax CPL writer, we'll come to that next part, he came up with a cracker that Everton fans sang about Dinyar Bilyaledinov, which was, he's quick, he's game, we can't pronounce his name, Russian lad, Russian lad. So that's one for Steve there. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Austin Sweeney from at Oz, uh, Sweeney4. Uh, where's your famous Frenchman now at Red Bulls during that, I believe, 4-1 home opener win? Uh, obviously, he's talking about Thierry Henry, I'm assuming. Yep. Uh, we saw you cry not Netf- not Netflix, Newcastle fans to Sunderland in a U21 game. I still haven't seen that. I've got I've got some of that downloaded the uh, Netflix Sunderland to a die thing. You you were watching it, so it was I've very it, yeah. very good. It's it's watchable. Mm. I mean, I always was multitasking watching it, but yeah, it's watchable. Couple more. We've actually had so much stuff on Twitter tonight about this. You want me to do the Mike Ward one? Yeah, you can do that one. Mike Ward at Wardy seventeen hundred. I forget who the team was, but when playing Seattle and the Sounders put it over the net, the opponent would sing. Somewhere over the crossbar, way up high, there's a ball that is floating way up into the sky. I will rattle through some of these very quickly. My name isn't Jeff, says he likes any chant that is anti-flag. I'm with you there. Chris is Har- the band anti-flag? That's Black Flag. Oh, that's Bowser. Yeah. Chris Harrop, his favorite curve song is Dale Cavese. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, that's not, that's not a curve or song. That's Dale Cavese. Dale Cavese. It's done around the world. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know, but one that you do. Uh, Stefan Eriksson says, don't sell O'Brien or Camilo during a goalless spell. I guess there are other Curva ones. Well, the Camilo song from Cam- when Camilo was here. Occasionally, oh, what, get, occasionally, gets, occasionally gets sung now when <laughs> I think there's a barren spell, as he said. Ken Funk to the opposing keeper leaning on his knees at the edge of the area. Put your hands on your knees if you shit. I've got another version of that. I, I think yeah. I remember you singing something different. Yeah. Um... Chris Salusi, he loved this old Southsiders chant for Josh Sanders, Saunders because of his DUI, but that was more just like key that jingling. A, that wasn't a song, yeah, you were just yeah. jingling your keys, because he had a DUI, which you might not, I don't know if that gets, oh no, well I've seen it get done in Portland. Of course, TSS Rovers do Bohemian Rhapsody in full, and we used to do the line Sleeps Tonight at East Fife for no reason apart from we had a... That became that was our Alfonso Davies song this year. Yeah, this this is going to sound a horrible story now, but we had a handicapped kid that travelled with us, and he loved the line "Sleeps tonight." Oh, so you did it for him? Yeah, because it sounded funny when he did the ooh, ooh bit. Ooh, but he loved it, right? He loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We actually were in Sky Sports singing it with him. We did it for Alfonso Davies this year. It was fun. Um, there's so many more. I won't get through them all. I like this one from Paul Martin. Stoke fans, he thinks, came up with. He cheats, he dives, he hates the Jackson 5. Luis Suarez, Luis Suarez. I like ones that don't make sense. That, that's the best one. Like this one from Steve 
Kawakami. He's bald. He's shit. He plays when no one's fit. Pascal Sayan. Pascal Sayan. So just before we wrap this up, since I've got my dicks out, pick a number between 1 and 200, Zach, and we'll do the chant that's in here. 45. 45. Hope it's in his five one. Okay, 45. Oh, it's West Ham. Okay. Uh, let me find one that I can sing. <laughs> He's only a poor little cockney. His colours are claret and blue. And one day the season for no effing reason, he's gonna kick shit out of you. Kick out, kick out. Yeah. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim cheroo. We are those bastards in claret and blue. Yeah. Awesome stuff. I think we should do some more football chants later. Anyway, just we're gonna we're gonna move on from football chants in this section now. We're gonna do some very quick MLS roundup news. Um, get back to some football chat. Big MLS news this week is a player that is hanging around in MLS. Actually, there's a couple hanging around. What but Atlanta's Joseph Martinez. He's oh. signed a deal, keeping him with the MLS champs until 2023. Is that big? Well, big. All it means is <clears throat> it, it, it could mean that he does move on, but they have to pay a bigger transfer fee, whoever yeah. wants him, because he's signed for so many years. Yeah. Um, also, he's, he's 25, right? Yeah, yeah. He's still but he but he did mention that uh, Atlanta for him is the Barcelona and Real Madrid. Yeah, like, he did mention like he put them equated them together, so yeah. he doesn't. Maybe, Other teams in the league hate yeah. him, so yes, he, he is correct. There is another player that's also coming. Uh, yes, punishment Martinez, Pity Martinez. Oh, uh, but they haven't announced it yet because I think they're tr- trying to get uh, Almiron moved on before they could because he's basically his replacement. Essentially, because he'll be a designated player as well. What a yeah. pity he hasn't signed. Yeah, twenty-five year but he old is, Argentine. He's in New York right now, so yeah, he's basically waved bye-bye to everyone. Yeah, a guy that is hanging around is our good friend Albert Ellis, staying in Houston now until at least the summer. <laughs> oh, he couldn't force that move through on Honduran TV. Yeah, despite announcing that he was going, it looks like he's here in, at least until the summer window. I still think we should make a play for him. I would offer something and then give yeah. him like the sell-on fee or whatever it is. Okay, this next one I do not understand. No. Makes Carlos no Vela is reported this weekend to be heading to Barcelona on loan for the rest of the season. Well, well, rest why? of their season, right? Yeah. Yeah. But why? Like, I know. They, it, it seems, I, I, I'm not up to date on Barcelona's I mean, squad Vela's a good player, injury. but that seems... You're going to go sit one. on the bench in Barcelona. Or on the beach, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Well, Fonzie's sitting on the bench for Bayern Munich. I thought that was hilarious he didn't play on Friday. With Sportsnet, I, I didn't think he would. I didn't even watch it. I think, honestly, I think uh, ultimately the the the, the, the result, the score in the game dictated that. I think had they not allowed that, that uh, the 2-1 the, the oh, yeah, goal. it was 3-2, was it? It was, yeah. it was 3-1 final. Ah. If they had not allowed, if it was 2-0. Two, two the nil, last goal was late. If they stayed 2-0 or they had scored, they had scored the third goal first, I think he would have come on because you saw they they brought on a, they brought on Jerome Boateng took off the Javi Martinez who was on a yellow and had to take it a knock and they brought on Boateng a center back to replace him so it was they not were going it was defensive. not a, yeah it was not a like like because this season they have capitulated at the end of some games and they ah. they can't well, I mean it makes sense you don't want to throw phones into it, that but, but if it'd been 2-0 or 3-0 yeah. I think for sure he comes on or there's going to be a lot of games 
coming oh, up. Yeah. Well, I saw, I oh, saw, yeah, I saw your, your tweet. tweet. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. remember the, uh, how many games and how many days, but there's quite a few where it's like every three or four days they're playing yeah, a for game. The, the next like three or four weeks, they have a game yeah. every three days. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Vela to Barca does seem a, a bit weird. Something weird. It annoys the hell out of me. Austin officially beginning an MLS in 2021. I'm viewing them as the MK Dons of MLS. They didn't officially steal their franchise, but in a way they kind of did because they do not deserve this franchise. I I don't know. I I don't think the owner deserves the franchise, but they were. They deserve it at all. You call them MK Dons, but they were also Wimbledon as well. Because they got their, uh, their team taken away from so, them and moved to Orlando. That's, 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 that's the thing, though. That's the thing, So I, I, would, I, I, th- I don't think you should attack the uh, the uh, supporters or whatever. No, or but, the team, but, but, but some of but the, the ownership is the one. But some of those, issue, there, there were some supporters in this whole thing that were like, screw Columbus, we want a team. Mm. And those supporters. Because they are, were those people were probably uh, jaded by the fact that they lost their team and everything. So no, I think they just a, wanted a, a like a major league team because they, they're, yeah, like the, they're the, the biggest they're the city in America that didn't have a team. I should get her on and do an interview for the show. We did a video with her, and then we couldn't put it out because out of some other things that happened. We have a friend, a Whitecaps supporter who lives in Austin and has oh. talked to us before about the whole what happened with them, with, with Austin Aztecs. With the Aztecs. Yeah, and stuff. We should get her on the show. Is it sometime. Mercedes? Yeah. Oh, I love Mercedes. She's great. Yeah, she's lovely. Whenever she's in town, when she comes to games with us. And yeah, get whenever her. They're, she's they're, Austin, when they're in Dallas, she'll go to the games. and Yeah. She'll, I assume she'll be uh, – well, I haven't talked to her about – uh, this pre-court yeah but, um, it'll be interesting yeah. I just don't des- think they deserve a team I'm sure we'll cover that a lot more in the months to come but we'll be back to chat Canadian Premier League after this Hi I'm Alfonso Davies and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. That was Wolf Moon. Appropriate for this evening. Yeah, by Type O Negative from the film Underworld. Oh. And yeah, it was a beautiful super blood Wolf Moon tonight. Was it like a, an eclipse of the moon? What do you call that? It's, it's when the sun, partial. the moon and the earth all align. Happens every 18 years. Oh. We've got a beautiful view. I pulled over the car on the way here to take a look at it. Yeah, and it, we saw better when we got closer to the studio. It really showed up. Yeah. Of, uh, I was in a building in Vancouver and I had a pretty good view. Yeah, lovely to see. Do you like my t-shirt? I wore this especially for the Super Moon. It's the only t-shirt I've got that's got a super thing on it. Interesting. Oh. Scottish band Baby Chaos. Oh. They could use that symbol? Probably not officially. <laughs> we'll take a photo and tweet it out. Something else that's going to be super is the super-duper Canadian Premier League. I hope. Not long now. The countdown continues. I'm going to dedicate this section to talking about the CPL. Lots of new players are 
were added to teams this week. We won't go over all of them, but just some some of the main ones, or at least ones that we've heard of, because some of them, I've no idea who they are. I don't know if you have, Zach, from following Canadian soccer over the years, but a lot of them this week did seem a bit strange. Pacific FC, though, that's the team I think that interests us the most here right now. Three new additions who we do all know, all with Whitecaps connections, Matthew Baldissimo, Tern Campbell, and Alessandro Hojapur, back in BC from Bulgaria. All three came through the residency. Baldissimo and Campbell were both signed to USL deals by the Whitecaps. Baldy in 2016, Tern Campbell in 2015. Campbell joined WFC2 with Caden Chung and Tommy Gardner, and now they're all reunited with Pacific FC. Baudissimo and Campbell are both 20. They spent the last year at the disaster that was Fresno FC. So I personally feel they've year. lost a year yeah. of development. So, I mean, this this is massive for both of them. For me, the most intriguing one of this, though, yeah. is getting Hojapur back. So he was the captain. Captain of the Whitecaps U16s. Right, when they had those playoff games here at UBC. Yep. He was, yeah. Number if, one ranked, yeah, number one ranked residency yeah. prospect by us in the U16s yeah. as well. That's before we knew he was leaving. Yeah, also, we never ranked him number two one. Two weeks later, two <laughs> weeks later, he left. So obviously, he he took what we said to heart and decided to go to Europe. Well, maybe his agent used our, our oh, article maybe. to get him a deal in Bulgaria. You're welcome, Alessandro. <laughs> but he left the Whitecaps program for nothing because that is the thing with the residency. Any player can leave and the Whitecaps don't get anything for them. And to be fair to the players, they have to see a pathway forward. True. Which I, the, which, I'm not blaming the player which at, at the, all. Which at the time he left, there was actually a pathway. Yes. So that's why it was more frustrating. He probably had better vision, I think. But yeah, but the problem is now that there's a big hole in that pathway. No, well, that an, they're trying to fill with There's this, an opportunity yeah, to go to Europe to uh, get a different point of view. It's not nothing wrong with that. No, uh, no, no. Like, for example, Arnold no, no, did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. He went to Bulgaria, though, to play under 19s with Lokomotiv Plovdiv. But a part of that, though, Steve, it was evaluating what does my future look like here? Yeah. Well, he's 19 now, yeah. so obviously the decision was, are Plovdiv going to sign him to the senior team? He can't play the, for the under-19s anymore, so he's come back over here. Speaking to some folk at Pacific FC, they're very high on him, and they, they think it's a really great acquisition. It's great to see all these guys with Whitecaps connections, guys that we know well as well and have a good relationship with, but from a Pacific FC point of view... It's great to see that they've got guys that right away have chemistry with each other. It's also good that these guys now have somewhere competitive to play since we don't actually have our USL team. And yeah, the development team is going to serve a purpose, but this is going to give guys proper competitive minutes. And the likes of Baldissimo and Campbell and Chung and Gardner, even though he's at college, this is a great, great opportunity and a great shot window for them as well if they do want to move on to bigger and better things. But are they are they like are they are they should they cast their net wider and maybe look at other things or yeah. is this really because they want to sign BC players? Obviously, most of the BC players came to the academy or the residency, and that might be the optimum place initially to sign people, and then they'll probably look other ways. So, so this week or last week, I forget which one, uh, the commissioner of the league came out and gave some more information on what's going on with the league, right? Yeah, David Clonakin. Yeah, so. There are seven spots on rosters for non-Canadians. Yep. 
in, that includes Americans, which is really, really nice to see. Um, but um, no, so yeah, how are they going to use those? Are they going to use all of them? What that's going to look like? Yeah, it's it's not it's it's been not a it's been a you know a widely known secret that their intention was to build local as much yeah. as as much as possible, and they've they've done that in ways I didn't even think they would, including Marcus Haber. Like I didn't I did not see that coming, um, but. Uh, whole, whole he, he's been their biggest splash so far. Yes, they've got a few other. You're the in only the work. Scotsman in the world to say that, but yes. Well, <laughs> I still don't rate him, but for what he's done, he has played for the senior national yeah. team, so it is a big splash. Yeah, I still feel you need better. I I wrote an article last week which was looking at some of the Vancouver Island prospects. And not included in that were the likes of Simon Thomas and Adam Straith, Victoria boys, who I don't think are ready at this time to come back to the island to play CPL. But these uh, are the Simon kind of Thomas guys definitely that you, not. Where's, that you where's want Straith to. right now? Oh, I can't remember. I, I, I just can't looked remember. that up as well. Because he was without a club for a little while. Yeah, though. these are guys that if they come back, that's a big boost for them as well. I do feel they need to get a little bit more experience in there. Some older guys make a splash with some of these international signings, which is still possible. Also, with the the the, the coaches, is it Denmark? He's from Denmark, right? I think so, Michael Silverbrow. Yeah. yeah, so he says he's Danish. Yeah, so I ex- I kind of expect them to have at least one, two Danish. But like you just naturally would think that there will be some. He'll have some connection. Have some yeah, to bring home the bacon. Yeah, to bring in a a, a, a difference maker or two from his home country. Half heard they were rumored to be possibly signing a striker called Lurpak, Danish guy. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Straith is right now in the third tier in Germany with SF Lot. Okay, so he's been in a lot of different levels in Germany in the past, including yeah. with Energy Cup Bus, But He might be the guy that comes back before Thomas. Wasn't he the first white cap to actually sign in Europe? Straith? Out of the residency, sorry. It was Ooh, in t- 2008, so that kind Very of makes possibly, sense. Yeah. yeah. Because a bunch of them went on loan and stuff or trials, but I thought he was the first one that landed or maybe. Stayed. I mean, it's, it's well, great to see Pacific with all these. He went on. He went on loan in two thousand eight. Okay. With uh, Energy Cutbus, right? Um, with their U nineteen, and then eventually signed with them as well. Right. So yeah. I think. I mean, there's still a lot of time. Nothing. It's all about selling tickets and marketing the team and getting the island on board. Having a local local players certainly does that. Season tickets, no one has really talked much about season tickets well, from Halifax, who are like doing so well. 3,000, I think it yeah. was. I've heard Hamil- I've heard uh, Forge is not far behind that. So, yeah, 3,000 in Halifax. Like, how. But we expected them to be good because it's uh, kind of the only show in town, really. I know, but still, at this point, three months out, like, oh, yeah, they, they, might, they might have to legitimately cap season tickets, say we can't yeah. sell anymore because otherwise we'll get no new people yeah. in to check things out. And they're they're using four of their seven spots already with four Trinidad guys that, that we talked about last last week. Their assistant coach is a Trinidad coach as well, and TNT. obviously Stephen Hart as well with all the connections. TNT. I can dig out my AFTN Trinidad and Tobago flag. <laughs> I thought you were anti-flag. No, well I'm anti-waving it in folks' faces when you're trying to watch football, but that's for another day. <laughs> We've got another article coming up on AFTN this coming week, probably Tuesday or Wednesday, looking at 10 VMSL players that I feel are definitely worth a look, either with Pacific FC or by one of the other CPL teams. And there's some well-known names in there. 
So I won't do any spoilers. And these today, are the ones so you've, you've seen play. You yeah, know, seen so, play. so if you haven't seen them, if you're not on the list, it's because he hasn't seen you play. If and I also know that they've been at trials. They've been scouted yeah. by some of the CPL teams as well. If you're a VMSL player listening to this, get in touch with Michael. He has some people he can put you in touch yeah, with. Give he'll, him be, a ti- he'll be your agent. Give him a time. He'll come and watch you play and then put you in an article. <laughs> he'll make a YouTube video for you. <laughs> I've got to say, if you look at the overall signings of the league, it, it isn't screaming quality to me. And I feel that might make it a hard sell for the, the neutral or for the just a casual fan that's just used to MLS. Especially the Ontario teams where you've got so much other stuff to do, not even just football, but just other sports to go to. I think, yeah, we haven't, they haven't confirmed the salary cap or salary budget mm-hmm. or whatever they're going to call it. They haven't confirmed that. So that's a little bit concerning because, yeah, you're right. I, I would say that right now this feels like not quite the level that I thought it would start at. The same time, I think they, they know that they need to start strong. They need, they need local players and they need to show that they are a place where Canadians can develop. And they're, they're, one of their biggest goals is to connect in community, to connect with the local community that they're in, that they're a part of, to belong, to, for people to identify with them. That's what they need to do this year. Yeah. So if the quality isn't uh, maybe what everyone had hoped of, hoped for, they're hoping that everything, I think everything else around it, the, the sense of belonging to something bigger than yourself I think is one of the, the big things that they're longing for. I, I'll be honest, this is the quality I was expecting. Yeah, and I think you've said that on other yeah. shows, yeah. So it hasn't surprised me, but... I, I, I think it's still a little bit too early to to place it where you might put it within the North American pyramid. Yes, pyramid, we, we need to wait till February's out, even March, really, yeah. because you've got all the, the training camps coming up as well. There'll be a lot of trialists coming in. The CPL teams are battling just now with MLS teams for players, so they maybe have to wait. Like we talk about the Whitecaps waiting to see what European teams do. Some of the CPL teams might have to wait to see. Plus, how, how, MLS how many loans do. might they take from MLS teams within yes, Canada or not within Canada? There was rumours this week the first of those may be co- confirmed soon, but I'm not sure. Right now, and I'm, I think this was the most up to date on the CPL tracker. Valor FC have eight players, and this isn't including the the U Sport draft picks. Valor have eight, York nine have eight, Edmonton have eight, Calgary seven, Halifax six, Forge five. My understanding is just for the Edmonton one is that like Edmonton's guys are all are all uh, virtu- like signed, but they're not announced. Uh, so like virtually ah. all of them. It's all sorted. They're just there. Maybe one or two spots. They're they're trying to bring in someone, but they they're trying to. The league obviously doesn't want a, a team just to say, "Here's all of our players," and lose kind of you know exposure and build up. So that's why it's been this more like um, trickling in. Yeah, trickling in. Like to turn the tap on a little bit. Not. Full I quite blast. like it though that there's a different player announcement every day because yeah. it's keeping the interest going. Totally. And you talked about David Clanikin was talking during the week. He revealed a couple of other little tidbits. Some general league news uh, kind of indicated that the, the rosters will be what folk were expecting, but between 20 and 23 players. No big surprise there. They're a spo- lot of these teams have a lot of work still to go to fill those. And they're supposed to be able to have, like, I think five additional players that are, like, local or not on the roster. Like, they're not on the roster, but they're local for 
training purposes or yeah squat. so that could be like where VISL or VMSL players come in yeah. for Pacific for example I think League sim- 1 guys for the interior it's, 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 I think it might be sort of similar but different to like you know the MLS how, how they have that on cap not cap whatever oh, yes yeah. yeah I think yeah. it might be similar to that but if, the roster spots from like 23 to 28 or something like yeah. that yeah yeah the schedule is expected to come out this week, which I know everyone's really yeah. looking forward to. I'm excited That's huge. to see it. Yeah. Especially I want to know when the first Pacific FC game is, to see what clashes with the Whitecaps there is, well, what they, trips they, we can get to go over there. You've got to think they're trying to avoid as many clashes as possible. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but you have to also think Langford's West Hill Stadium is used for rugby and a lot of other stuff. So it's availability of the stadium as well. That's the issue TSS Rovers have with Swan Guard. Right, but you have to think that they're able to. I think they're. I think in one sense like, they're they're more important than those things. Like when Vancouver when mm. Vancouver is on the road, I expect Pacific to definitely play at home. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. I I don't think it is as straightforward as that. Yeah. My understanding as well is they're going to be training either at West Hill Stadium or Goody Turf, which is at the back of it, which is a bizarre feel, but it's great. So it's a huge embankment and stuff, so it's it's quite good. Big question, of course, is what the schedule is going to look like. Klanikin hinted that it, oh, yeah. it was going to be something that's done elsewhere in the world, but it's kind of unique in North America. Now, people have thought, is that going to be like the spring-fall championship that NESL used? Apertura, Glazura. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. What, what's your thoughts on that? But he said there's no playoffs. No. Yeah. Which but is, you could still have a sprint a and a full championship yeah. playing each other. Yeah, if you don't call that a playoff, mm. right? Yeah, um I don't I don't know if that's ideal for the North America. Like you're already asking them this EPL's already come out and said we're gonna have a like a sort of like a we're not gonna have playoffs, so we're not gonna have yeah. the typical format. So then to go to something even more unique, even more unique within the football that most people watch in North America, the I don't <laughs> I don't like it. I would like I'm a single table. To it, I would like a but, single table. Oh yeah, I. But don't like the big selling point on any North American league is a championship match. It's a big selling point. And as much like you're talking about, you're talking about before the culture. You're talking about before the culture of chance. You just can't. Yeah, yeah. You have to have something that is uh, that people find comfortable. So an aperture and a clausura, where if they're different teams, they play off. Or sorry, they play in a cup final type thing. Yeah, that makes sense. What I then hate is if same team wins both, and then a random second team no, that's ends lame, up playing. Yeah. That's just well, what if what if they do the top two teams play a cha- in the championship? The, the, uh, Maybe and, and the home te- I, I, and I the just top, don't like the it. top team hosts it, and the uh, it's a, it's a single table for the whole season. Uh, the second place team visits the first place team in a one game championship. I mean, I'd, I'd like a my, straight my, single yeah, table. Yeah, my first thought well. is I prefer yeah. just a single table. E- um, each team, if each team played each other four times, that's still 24 games, which isn't really a lot. Yeah. The other, and 28 is the number that's been thrown out there that they, they're wanting. The other thing is what happens with the the hopeful, like, uh, CONCACAF Champions League or CONCACAF. Oh, getting the spot. Yeah, getting that yeah. spot. Which it doesn't look like it's happening for 2020 right. for the winner. Because I think they would have announced that by now. Because when they announced the Canadian Championship, they said that was the only way that Canadian clubs would qualify for the Champions League. 
Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So that might change for the 2021 champions Champions League. They can't yeah. give them like a half spot where they have to qualify. Or there's that early thing that happens in the fall, right? Yeah, that's what. Yeah, well, there's the whole Caribbean League qualifying and stuff as yeah. well. But yeah, but I forget the name of that right now. Yeah, it's just gonna, it's going to be interesting to see anyway, and I'm sure it won't please everyone because nothing ever does. I'm sure we'll Look be... at the Voyager's Cup yeah, schedule. I'm sure we'll be... Or I'll be a money-grumpy It, it was funny listening to people talk about the Voyager's Cup schedule when there were so many different points of uh, frustration. Yeah. Like, so many. Like, across the country, there was so... There was so the, the disappointment was so varied. Last bit of CPL news, kind of news. Rob Gale has talked about having a working partnership for Valor with an English Premier League side, and everyone's expecting that to be Fulham because of the connections he has with them. That's big. And there's talk as well of scouting the other London teams and stuff like that. For a place like Winnipeg, where you maybe don't have, like the leagues like Ontario and, Quebec, and BC yeah. have, or and Quebec as well, and you don't have the population as well, because you're looking at Winnipeg and Halifax... They're hindered a lot because of what their player pool is locally. I think it's a great move. Yeah, again, I think it's partly how, like, what does this look like? What kind of partnership is this? How is this structured? And does it go both ways? Yeah, it does, well. yeah, exactly. Because um, if it's any way where it looks like you're just a feeder feeder club for the the larger club, I think that's as much as there are positives to that. Yeah. I think that's not uh, optically ideal. Yeah. But 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 it's it's I guess for me my initial thoughts are it's exciting to see clubs thinking about this or trying this out or seeing what could work best for them and ultimately hopefully what's best for the league and football in Canada. We're excited for the CPL. We've been covering it on the on the show for the last two years. I think it is. We've had lots of chats with David Clanikin and Paul Byrne and Rob Friend, and we've got a lot more stuff planned for the show. I'm going to get over to Victoria when the training starts and, and get some interviews and stuff done there. So looking forward to that. If you've followed stuff that we've done on Twitter, I know not everyone is on Twitter, we are expanding AFTN's written side on the site to, to cover CPL a lot more for this first season. We're looking to have writers that can cover every team. That's the, the ideal dream. Right now, we're doing pretty well. Pleased to welcome on board Scott Strasser, who is going to cover Cavalry FC and Calgary Foothills in, in the USL2, TSS Rovers' big rivals. Gary Griffiths is going to come on board and cover Halifax Wanderers for us. His first piece went up tonight, so check that out. Just kind of talking about partly what we were talking about there, how they've got a, a small player pool in Halifax. So all the players they've signed just now have at least played with one other player in their career. So it's kind of building up some familiarity already in the team there. But what Halifax will look like, we want to bring you some stories and some stuff as well. Out here, we're maybe not going to get a lot of stories about some of these teams. So we wanted to do that. We've got a Toronto-based writer called John, who's going to be giving us a little bit of York 9 and Hamilton coverage. Is it John Doe? or And my first wife as well, Pierce Lang, is going to be doing some stuff for us as well for, for the Ontario teams. We're still looking for someone that can cover FC Edmonton and Valor FC, so that would be fantastic. Zach and me have talked about kind of doing the Pacific coverage between us, but I would also love to have an island-based writer that can cover the team, get to games, we'll get you accredited and stuff as well. So get in touch with us, aftncanada.hotmail.com, 
or shoot me a DM on Twitter. We might also have a photographer lined up for Pacific FC, not 100% sure yet. But if you're a photographer on the island and you're interested in shooting the games for us, again, get in touch. We're also going to have Greg Mayer, who's going to do some general CPL stuff for us uh, as well. Fellow Scott. Mm -hmm. We're also adding some more writers to cover the Whitecaps to the AFTN team. Peter Hicken, we announced today, is the first of those. More of them's getting announced in the coming week. By the end of next week, we will have more people on our roster than the Whitecaps MLS team. So that, that's a good sign. Did you choose Peter because he he reached like the threshold of likes on your tweets? Is that? Yep, that, that's basically that, what, it, okay. what it, it comes down to. But that is our plans for the CPL. We're really looking forward to it. We might do a few spin-off podcasts as well. And we're going to have a regular rotation of our writers on the show. So we'll have different people every week. Podcasts. Yeah. How many spin-offs can we get? As many as possible. But we want to get the writers on the show just chatting about their teams and just bringing some insight to that as well. And we'll have a lot of player interviews and coaching interviews. I was just joking about Peter, by the way. I, I'm looking forward to seeing all of his contributions. Oh, no, Peter's great. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be back with the last part after this. Hi, my name's Simon Coline, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. It's 11.01. If you've just tuned in for the show, you've missed the first four parts. We're on early this week, but you've tuned in for the best part, part five. It's wavelength time. My favourite part of the show. Our theme for the songs this month is songs about football teams. So this is a catchy little number. It's a song about Leighton Orient by a guy called Funky Lol Ross. And this song is simply called Leighton Orient scored more goals than any other fourth division team in 88-89. Leighton Orient are really quite good. Think of all the players they used to have. Laurie Cunningham spoons to mind. So does Tommy Cunningham, but let's not be unkind. Did you doubt it's in 1988? Never thought the could be so good. I hope that all the motors were sober enough to see eight goals go in on the 15th of October. Like Marion scored more goals than any other fourth division team in 88-89. Like Marion. This season, Pushin has left the club. We've got to try not to be too sad. Cause, like the Cheshire Cat, even though he's gone, that stupid 
moustache will always linger on like Norris Gold Because than any other folk in Egypt Sleeping at 2889 like Norian Even Steve Baker in the back of the Netflix signs Old Kevin Campbell came along to give them skill guns and pace He scored a good few goals and set them up to Think he'd come to teach his trade rather than learn it. Now he's back at Arsenal, we'll know that he's perfect. Like Norian scored more goals than any other fourth division. Soon in 88, 89, like Norian. Even Steve Castle hit the back of the head six times. And they beat Darlington, York City. Colchester, like Mill, Exeter, Carlisle, Mitchell, and Tranmere, Rochdale, Rotherham, Darlington, and Burnley, Peterborough, John, Gaster, Hartlepool, and Rochdale again, Grimsby, Halifax, Brexham, and Torquay, Lincoln, Scunthorpe, and Scotland, Wrexham again, John Cleese, Potter, and Oscar, and made us all ponder. Like Norian strikers do for a fish called Wanda Like Norian score more goals than any other fourth division Team in 88-89 Like Norian Terry Howard hit the back of the net five times There's well here the Baldy Wall Go on me and go to house Foxy Hales, Smallby Dicko It's a corner, Wilson Jay Curieff went to Ipswich to further his career He couldn't get in the team So he's come back here Like Norian scored more goals Than any other fourth division Team in 88-89 Like Norian Even Mark Cooper Hit the back of an F four times Answering the playoffs Forget the top scorer, Alan Comfort on the wing Even Jesus couldn't dribble quite like that Now the season's over, the news couldn't be worse Alan's going to be an accountant so that he can sign for Spurs Like Norian scored more goals than any other fourth division Team in 88-89, like Norian Even bombed out Wells for the score to be that more time like Norian scored more goals than any other fourth division team in 88-89. Like Norian, even Frank Clark could have scored if he'd been in the front line. Funky lol Ross there with a catchy little ditty. Leighton Orient scored more goals than any other fourth division team in 88-89. Sure you all be humming that one tomorrow? Oh, I don't think I could say what I was going to say. Way to go, Leighton Orient. They're, they're not even in the football league anymore. That's how old oh. that song is. They're non-league now. They're playing Salford. Salford, Salford yeah. <laughs> English non-league has been fantastic this year. Check out BT Sport highlights. They've got a weekly show on YouTube. Great stuff. In addition to watching that uh, Sunderland Till I Die, I've been watching Steve's uh, Class of 92. Are they out of their league oh, on Netflix? Oh, it's absolutely excellent. I've got all three series. Yeah, I thought you would. Oh, there's only two on Netflix. Oh. Season one and season two. Well, I've got season three as well then. Now it's time, though, for Steve's favourite part of the show where he gets to talk a lot and I get to sit down. It's PC Soccer Web Headlines. That's because you told me I have to talk a lot during this section. You've got to earn your money. 
Anyway, you are listening to BC Soccer Web Headlines. We feed him in samosas. Oh, I don't I, even eat samosas. You're the guys that eat you samosas. You keep bringing us samosas. I'm bringing it because I don't want to eat it. I eat like one or two when you bring them. They're delicious. They are. Steve's wife is amazing. What she... Oh, her fillings are just the, tremendous. The pender mimosas are amazing. Yeah. What's been catching your eye this week, Steve? Did you actually talk about BC Soccer <laughs> Web there? Yeah, this is BC Soccer Web Headlines, brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news, links and samosas. Up the Bill Curry. Okay, uh, so a couple, uh, one follow-up from last... That sounds a little bit... Is that dodgy? Tied in with samosas? No. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, one follow-up from last week. Uh, Man City uh, basically is refusing to give UEFA any comment about the... Uh, <laughs> Fair problem. It's it's interesting. They UEFA actually the committee asked uh, for them to com- to respond to the leaked documents. Uh, their response was <laughs> that is... the allegations were based on hacked and stolen emails. Yeah, and challenged UEFA to support stronger protection against hacking. I what, know what that was their response. What a joke! It's like we're not. Th- these are hacked. We can't even possibly comment about the fact of it. <laughs> deflect, deflect, deflect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they just want to call off our Champions League, then they'll maybe do something like that. Um, Shocking stuff. Not unexpected. Yeah. yeah. Some interesting news out of England. Um, you, you guys don't... Brexit. There, there's a... Uh, <laughs> there's That's a, for the next five hours. Yeah. Um, what happened there? Oh, oh sorry. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I don't think anything surprising happened there, considering how everybody talked about it. Scottish independence reference to... Coming up very soon. Referendum, not reference. Now, there was some spying going on in uh, yes. from Leeds United. Uh, Dirty Leeds. Uh, it was discovered by uh, Frank Lampard and Derby County. Um, they noticed that somebody with binoculars was watching their training uh, prior to the Leeds game. And I've had go. that problem up here at, at UBC. So what happened was the Leeds United manager, uh, Marcelo Bielsa, uh, who is known as El Loco yes. in Argentina. He's a character. Freely volunteered that he was spying on opposing yep. teams. Has been doing it for years. Um, uh, then, he, then what happened was there was an announcement. Uh, there was a press conference called for. Uh, I think it was the next day or the day after. Everybody went there. All the reporters were in there expecting maybe a resignation because of that. What he did is he put actually a pre, uh, like a seminar on what how we did the spying and what he learned from the spying and uh, on all the all the teams that in his league. So yeah. I, I don't know if anything's happened to him. They're probably no, maybe still investigating not, nothing, it. Or? Nothing's happened yet. I've talked before about I hate Leeds, and there's no reason why. I, they're just a team I hate, and I don't know why. This made me chuckle. I would deduct them points and make sure they don't get promoted, but that, that, that's me. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why um, Bielsa is referred to as a loco. Mm. <laughs> we need to get a, a nickname for Mark DeSantos. Not MDS? No, something better. Okay. Um, uh, some other MLS transactions that occurred, uh, I'll go over these quickly. Um, Walker Zimmerman, who was, uh, <laughs> kind of talked about going to Europe has actually, uh, re-signed with LAFC to a TAM contract through 2022. Also, uh, they also signed uh, Canadian international Dan Yakovich to a new contract. That's probably a one year deal. Um, Victor Vasquez was reported, uh, being, uh, as being sold to an unknown Qatari club. Mm. I, I've, I looked on it every day and they still haven't announced what club it is. Usually that rumor comes yeah. out, but it hasn't come out at all. So uh, expecting him to go. DC United manager Ben Olsen has signed an extension. 
through 2021. I really like Ben Olsen. Yeah. How long has he been in the post now? He's been Quite there a long time. I think he might have got hired in the same year or maybe a year before Robinson. Definitely one of my favorite MLS coaches. I like his beard as well. Yeah, it's, it's a solid like beard. men with beards. Yeah. Well, that's why we're all you hang out with Steve. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I should, I should be, if you want to join the team, I need to make sure that you've got a beard. Maybe they can grow it. Um, Impact, uh, they, uh, as you know, they traded their first round draft pick for Maxim Milano Uruti. Mm. Uh, and they also have now signed him to a new deal through 2022, a TAM deal. More TAM. Yeah. TAM is getting about this week. Um, some former Whitecaps news, uh, Whitecaps players. Uh, Stefan Marinovic is on trial with Rangers. Are you, are you yeah, probably he, not happy about that? I'm not, but he tweeted out a picture of him being at Ibrox, and I was like, oh. Yeah. And that's when I so he's on trial with him. It's like, oh. And uh, one from a couple of years ago, Giles Barnes, it might be getting an offer from West Brom uh, because he has impressed uh, during their midseason trip to Dubai. Um, so He's a baggie. Wait till they find out he only scores in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they find out the schedule, they have no games in Houston. Yeah, it's so tricky. Um, we talked about it before, Bernie Beanie has signed with uh, K-League squad, uh, squad uh, Gianbuk uh, Hyundai. Um, uh, the funniest part of this article was, in the headline, it said, Fringe Socceroo. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they wouldn't even, call, like, they called him a fringe player on for their national team, but so, I don't know why you'd have to put it. a fringe player here. Yeah. Um, some local news, um, I don't, I don't, know how much this effect will have on uh, the football in the community in Surrey, but the Surrey mayor vows to build an international stadium in Bear Creek Park. They were currently have a, an oval track there with a field in the middle. Um, they looked, the, 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 it looks like more like it's going to be a track and field stadium. That's what they're looking at. But the, the mayor has said that there will be soccer and football a field in the middle, which you've seen in other parts of the hmm. world where they do that. Um, in December, he claimed... I hate a running track, though, around yeah. uh, football pitch. I know Swarngar's got it, I just I still hate it. Um, in December, he claimed that the stadium would be about 12,000 seats. <laughs> but uh, like the uh, the person who wrote the article, uh, somebody from the mayoral office, an advisor or whatever, said it more likely would be two, 3,000 range. Maybe it starts two, 3,000, and then they can expand to twelve. Down the road. Steve, you're our um, Surrey... No, uh, I'm not Surrey. Surrey geography I, expert. I, I live on the border of Surrey, and I can't wait to get out every time I get No, oh, sorry. I, but, okay, Bear Creek... I'm, a, I'm, I'm an exile Bear, from Vancouver. Bear Creek is nowhere is nowhere near SkyTrain, right? Yeah, there is a... It's not that far off. Okay. Um, but there also is... There was always talk about an expansion, either an LRT yeah. down King George because this new Highway, mayor which is, would be right yeah. along Bear Creek. But so, yeah, this it would new be mayor got rid of the whole LRT? Well, it could be a SkyTrain, too, they might uh, build now. So they're, the they're, SkyTrain would go to Langley. It wouldn't yeah. go to Bear Creek. That's that's. Oh, like yeah, south. I can't remember exactly what it... But they could, they could do always... Ex, there's always express buses that go along the King George Highway line. So there could be something, an option there. But, yeah, yeah the, it's not where near... The, at least it would be a stadium option. For a CPL team, even if initially, not, but not at two or three thousand, no. no, but well, that, can, like but I said, this is modular. This, you can yeah, be... this is over years. They, they talked about it in the articles as well. They're, they're talking about oh, this like ha- happening over years. So um, I don't think it's going to be like tomorrow. There's a no. stadium. I'll I think be pie in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- this is not. But there this is, is not the kind of announcement I was hoping for from Surrey. Yeah. Well, don't expect very good announcements from Surrey. It yeah, has it has gone very quiet though on the lower mainland team. There's like there's uh, more talk about because everyone's trying to get. More talk more, there's more talk about Montreal. Yeah, right now at well, this point. Yeah, because because in Montreal you have Alex Bunbury, who's that's all he's focusing on right now. Yeah, I, my understanding is basically where a lot of the 
sorry, where some of the people who are looking at future CPL clubs, um, yeah, some of them are already obviously engaged in the league in other ways uh, already, but some of them also now what kind of the investors kind of people, they're all sitting back and they kind of want to see a little bit how things go. So I don't know if that's going to move a lot of mm. a lot of potential teams and clubs that that were ho- you know hopeful for twenty twenty, they move them to twenty twenty one because they want to see like a full year of, you know, the financials, the quality, the the engagement in the communities, the engagement across the country, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the, what the actual sponsorship deals are like with the league, yeah, all that's that kind one of the big stuff. things we are still so, waiting for, of so, course. So I think I think there's a bit of a, again not holistically necessarily, but I, I I'm pretty sure that there are some people who are waiting now. They're like, yeah. let's see what happens before we uh, want to reengage or dive in or or whatever. And then you have the then you have the Ottawa Ottawa Fury who are, <laughs> yeah, five years was one of the rumors that came out this week. They wanted. Uh, Commit to USL for five more years. Yeah, they well, they know they can't do that. Mm. <laughs> Says who? I I'm I I personally think that Montreal team. Uh, they talked about it being Laval, which is pretty yeah, close to Ottawa. Yeah, they also about Quebec City as well. Yeah, but they talk about like Laval, which I think is like almost across this like border from Ottawa. If I'm not that, mistaken, no, that's Gatineau. It's a Gatineau. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. It's very close. Though. But Montreal and Ottawa are not that far apart. Honestly, they are not that no, far apart. No, it's a couple hours. It's yeah, a good, good two, two hours on the bus. I got the bus. Yeah, so so if if they put a team in Montreal, that will be in direct competition with Ottawa. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like a oh, team direct, in the lower mainland. Direct competition? Oh, direct competition. So you're saying the impact or direct There'll be pressure put on Ottawa. Oh, okay. Well, here, a lower mainland team, it's like Pacific FC is getting in and getting all the good players, They're all the local guys. So there's that as well. The longer they leave it, the less chance they're getting of getting good players here. East Van Pfeiffer's is still on the card, so I'm just waiting to see about the investment. But no, you're right, Michael. There is there is definitely uh, advantage might not be the right word, but there is there are some bonuses to being part of the inaugural group. Definitely, and you know now everyone else will be second or third wave or whatever. But sorry, hopefully in in a second or third yes. wave. But yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Well, just before we wrap up tonight's show, what did we learn this week? I don't know. I'm not sure. I wasn't paying attention at all during the show. No. Well, you're busy pushing your buttons, and we like to try and push you. Not my buttons. The 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 soundboard's buttons. That's the same thing. I learned that Leighton Orient scored the most goals than any other fourth division team in eighty eight eighty nine. Yeah, that's one thing I learned. See, I already knew that. Yeah. So you can't say it. Yeah. I learned. I learned that AFTN has more writers than some CPL teams have players. (laughs) Then that's guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Every single CPL team. I think we're, we're into double figures now. The media match, it should just be the media versus AFTA. <laughs> I'm all for that. I've learned that I'm still waiting for my confirmation that the Caps are sending us to Hawaii. Caleb Wilkins did try the hashtag send Michael to, ha- to Hawaii. Oh. Sorry, sorry about you guys. No, that's okay. Can we, I'll get on that, supporting it. Hashtag send Michael to Hawaii. Well, you know I'm going to have to go with you. Oh yeah, you're yeah. my you're my. Well, my if wife. I, you're like I don't I don't need to I don't need to, you don't need to put said Steve to Hawaii because if you go I go. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've already pictured you in a hula skirt yeah. and like shell bra. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's not really my look. It is in my head. Okay. I think we should end the show now. Oh my. So just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me huluing at Twitter at Whitecaps Beat. 
For me, it's at Zachary AM, and I'm a part of the Movement Curve Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me reading shellshakers.com. Read our stuff on AFTN, away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. We'll be having our new stuff up from our new writers this week, some of them. Give us a follow on Twitter if you're not already, AFTN Canada, and on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. Might have somebody that's going to help us get Instagram back up and running again. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on early next week at 9pm. We might bring out uh, an extra special podcast later in the week, depending on what happens at training camp this week. But until next week on the radio show, thank you for listening. Take care, shake those shells, and mourn the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.